Okay, here we go. Wait, did you want me to intro? <laughs> no, no, I, no, it's fine. I was just trying to think of a way to start it off in a funny way before the, the bass thing. All right, yeah, you like to build up and then it gets serious. And then we're like, hey, anyway. We could just use this. <laughs> Let's just use this. Okay. Hello and welcome to Nerd Out Spinoff. It's episode three of the uh, brand new spinoff of uh, the show Nerd Out and the show, the spinoff of Nerd Out, it's called Nerd Out Spinoff. We are very imaginative here at Spinoff with the show title, but we actually are pretty imaginative in what, what we're watching because this week it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got uh, Star Trek Picard, we've got Titans, we've got uh, more weird movies with me, which is a segment that we're doing for some reason, and we've also got a guest. My name is Sandro. I'm joined by Reese. Hello. But we're also joined by the power of the internet, uh, which is how we are usually joined anyway, so I don't know why I made that a big thing. Uh, <laughs> but we're joined by Adam J. Purcell. Hi there, how are you doing? Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you. We usually record at the end of the year for um, the movie and TV show year and review specials, but with this show, we thought, let's get you in on this one, Yeah, on the spin-off. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, the, the, the film one... Next time it'll be quite short, I suspect. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, it's been hard to find movies. Hang on a sec. Why do you about. say that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the TV show one, though, might be quite long. Mm. I'm sure. Which is good, because usually my list for TV shows is just kind of, I've been trying to keep up with the CW stuff. Doctor Who was okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Indeed. Uh, we start off the show by asking a question, Adam. Mm. A question that has been passed down through many generations. Uh, across the continents. Across the continents. Um, mm. In fact, the words were once shouted so loud that you could hear them across the wide pond. That's how loud the person who shouted them was. I, was, I won't name the person, but I will just say that. <laughs> Brian Blessed. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, or Ricky Gervais, he was like, uh, I'm an atheist, but also, what have you been consuming lately? And then he laughed at himself. <laughs> that is the question. What have you been consuming lately? I'm going to ask Reese up first. What have you been consuming recently? Well, uh, thanks to lockdown, a lot of people that I follow have been doing a lot of creative stuff online as opposed to the usual outlets. And... Uh, one of the things I consumed recently was a live stream of the lead singer of one of my favorite bands playing some of their songs and some cover songs. And then because of that live stream, I went back and checked out their discography again. But uh, the band is The Family Crest. Oh. I thoroughly rec- recommend their music. It's um a great mix of kind of pop songs, but also with an orchestra, because I'm very much if you don't know, into <laughs> film scores mm-hmm. and uh, TV show scores and stuff like that. And I really appreciate an orchestra, and these people include orchestras really well. Yeah. And I think they're a bit of an unknown band, which, you know, it can be a good thing and a bad thing because it kind of means they keep their integrity. But, um, <laughs> How do they afford an orchestra? <laughs> well, yeah, I think they, they write the songs just as a band, but they know how to orchestrate the notes for the orchestra yeah. really well and blend the two of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I thoroughly recommend The Family Crest. And if you like their page on Facebook, every weekend they've been doing a, a streaming um, special, I guess, because of uh, the COVID-19 lockdown. So uh, mm. if you want to check out some fun covers of, I think he did a Smashing Pumpkins cover. Cool. And this time around he actually said, do you want a specific genre that I'll focus on? And I think everyone chose jazz. So he's done some <laughs> jazz kind of music this weekend. But, yeah, I thoroughly recommend checking out that live stream because it's a new feature they're doing and then their music, which is available on all good music streaming services, which I won't name because none of them sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the first thing on my list of what I've been consuming. But, Sandro. Oh, yes. What have you been consuming? Ooh, thank you for asking me, Reese. No worries. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give a quick update to um something I was consuming last week, which is Amazon's Tales from the Loop, Ooh. the sci-fi anthology series based off uh, the artwork of the same name, a series of artwork mm. called The Loop, which are pretty normal paintings with one very strange sci-fi element in them. They've taken those artworks and made a TV show out of it. Um, I saw the first episode last week, and it was okay, but I knew going into it that people don't like the first episode, so I was still like, I'm going to give this more. I've since seen uh, the following three episodes, and this show is very good. It's very, very mm-hmm. good. I'm happy to report. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, straight from episode two, I went, yeah, no, this is good. This is good stuff. Um, I like to describe it as the most recent season of The Twilight Zone, except instead of recognizable cast members, you've got well-written characters. <laughs> Ooh. and yeah the characters are really are really good like every episode has one sci-fi element usually it's an object uh like it could be a sphere that lets you hear certain things or maybe a cube that lets you swap things around it contains borg and contain stuff as well yes <laughs> <laughs> except the show is entirely about the character like the character of the week for one of a better term is the focus and i really like that it is way more character focused than event slash concept focused hmm. the performances are excellent the writing's really good it's um the thing with the first episode that i really liked was the pace and the atmosphere and they've carried that across to the rest of it it's still quite slow quite almost indie sci-fi esque in a way for yeah one of a better term it's quite slow kind of arty the way it's shot which i quite like uh a lot of long panning shots as characters walk around that sort of stuff like while some some soft music plays (laughs) soft jazz (laughs) yeah the other thing i really liked is that while it is an anthology show every episode connects in some way to the previous episode so episode two is about a character who you saw very briefly in episode one that's the same with episode three and then episode four kind of circles back and is taking characters from the previous batch of episodes and showing you what their deal is so i really like that approach it kind of fleshes out this town of the loop which is where all these weird science fiction experiments are going on and they are like affecting people in different ways so yeah i highly recommend it you do have to get through a pretty naff first episode but (laughs) after that it's good stuff and i'm keen to get through the second half of the series uh yeah really enjoyable interesting that's a bit eureka-y a bit black mirror like that sort of thing yeah it is quite black mirror-y quite similar to um forget what the episode 
name was, but the middle one in the most recent series, it's quite similar to the tone of that episode, yeah. which is quite slow, quite uh, yeah. character performance-based. Yeah. So, so far, I, I'd give it a thumb up. I'll probably finish it by next week, uh, but I'm taking my time with it because I like to. Yeah, I hadn't realised it was out yet. I heard it was coming. Wow, that's good. Mm, yeah, it came out a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, I had no idea that it was a thing until I saw it like on Amazon and went, that looks interesting. And then I did some research on it, found out it's about the artwork of that guy. And yeah, no, it's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, highly recommend. And also, Jonathan Price is in it. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Campion's up. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not as much as you'd think, but okay. enough that you would like. <laughs> <laughs> how about you adam what's something that you've been consuming recently actually the last day or so i've been finally getting to watch avenue five Ooh. which is a comedy set on a spacecraft which has gone out of orbit a bit and now it's a pleasure cruise with hugh laurie as the captain hugh laurie yeah yeah who plays a person playing the captain <laughs> <laughs> oh okay okay <laughs> yeah it's all quite fun it's got um josh gad as well right ah. yeah yeah he, he owns the company and he's on board as well <laughs> of course he does <laughs> <laughs> it's these supposedly five thousand people though you don't even think it's a couple hundred at most uh <laughs> people who are just trapped on this ship a bit like red dwarf but they they will get back to earth in about three and a half years time and it was meant to be a few weeks and it's quite funny it's, it's not hilarious mm. but it's very well observed it's good fun i love the characters particularly hugh laurie and uh, lenora critchlow who plays the uh oh wow the engineer oh yeah uh, from being human and many other things i'm sure mm -hmm. uh, a lot of brits put on american accents which i'm not sure will hold up mm. <laughs> but i don't know not being american it doesn't jar too much on me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the studios don't mind because apparently British actors are cheaper. Yeah, probably. Yeah, non-union. I don't know how it works. <laughs> and Hugh Laurie has to put on an American accent. But occasionally he goes back to British, deliberately, as part of the plot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'd made a career out of doing that, so I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he's known as being quite good at his accents. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And it's all written, uh, or at least devised, and mostly written by Armando Iannucci, who did mm. um, Veep. The Thick of the It. The Thick of It. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that sort of thing. And it's very much got that style to it. You could believe that some of it is improved, mm. which is how they used to do the thick of it. So they, they'd have yeah. they'd have the lines which were written, but then the cast were encouraged to just riff on them a bit, mm -hmm. make it feel a bit more natural. And it has that to it as well. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's good fun. I definitely recommend it. What I've seen so far, which is only about four episodes, I think, or maybe five, about half of them. Okay. It's getting a second season, so... About nine episodes, and yeah, already been renewed. So that's, oh, wow. That's, that's mm. a good sign. Yeah, yeah, HBO. Yeah, I've had my eye on this one for a while, and I'm glad that I'm glad that you that you like it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, on a similar note, uh, given the number of episodes you've watched, I've watched about four or five episodes of Lock and Key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of, I started it, and I kind of enjoyed the first episode. It had a lot of promise, but then a lot of other stuff that I watched usually um more regularly came yeah. along and distracted me but now that we've got a lot more time on our hands um <laughs> collectively hmm. i've gotten back into it and i've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it oh really okay <laughs> yeah i feel like i can't put my finger on what it is but it just feels like 
everyone and every element of the show, be it the writing, the cast, or the music, or the direction, although the the cinematography and the direction of it has been pretty good all the way through, Mm. and the music is actually really quite lovely, but the rest of it has its moments of brilliance, and uh, it's really good writing. There's a bit of a mystery going on, but other times it feels really cliche or the characters overreact to some things and completely take something else for granted when really it should be a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's how I I feel about it. And I've kind of struggled to engage with it um, in some ways, but in other ways I want to see what other keys do as they discover the keys. Not familiar with the original then, particularly. No, I'm not familiar with it, but I've heard a lot of uh, love from it, especially from Sandro actually. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the original and I've heard that They've really toned it down, again, mostly Mm. from Sandro that I've heard that from. Yeah. (laughs) But it's still good enough to keep me watching. It's a really well-made show. It looks beautiful. Unlike a lot of other shows, it actually keeps colour saturation in there, which I really appreciate. Um, Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I know that's a minor thing to pick up on, but they're in a lovely set. The house looks really good. Yeah. Um, And they really exaggerate that with the lighting and stuff like that. So, Mm. and I quite like the... uh, the students making their student film, which is quite a good storyline to follow and to see Kinsey kind of fall in with that lot. I quite like. Yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of, I'm watching it out of habit as opposed to being drawn in, but I'm still watching it and I'm going to finish it. So maybe I'll change my tone later on. Yeah. I need to catch up with that. I saw the, most of the first episode when I was out in the States Mm. a month or two back, it doesn't matter forever ago, but unfortunately I was so jet lagged, I actually fell asleep. Towards yeah. the end of the episode. Oh, dear. I, I never got back to, to rewatching that first episode. I must do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I know that Jen and I are probably gonna talk about it on the main show um mm-hmm. on Friday as well. Uh so I don't want to repeat too many of my of my notes, but I like it because it's based off the comics mm. and I like the stuff that they've done right. I j I think the audience that they're aiming for is the wrong audience for this story and yeah, there's just so many small things about the show that are just slightly off and they kind of grate me a little bit. But mm. as a whole, I think, as you mentioned, the production value for the show as a whole, I think is quite mm. good. Everyone involved is, you know, obviously quite talented. Yeah, It's just that there's these small little things, small glitches in the machine, if you will, that really annoy me as a fan of the comics. Yeah, I always <laughs> get the problem with it. Same with books. If you know the book, a book really well, and they bring a film out, mm. it's always butchered and reworked, and yeah, you can never live oh, yeah. up to the book. Yeah, I think you're right though about the tone because, in many ways, it feels almost Harry Potter esque. But then, as I'm watching it, they start a bit of a sex scene or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. that feels a bit out of place. But we'll we'll go along with that. Hermione and Dobby. I don't want to know about the fanfic you've read (laughs) Um, but yeah it kind of they don't go too far there's been no nudity or anything like that but they do well it's about teenagers yeah yeah yeah, pretty much they're very much going for like the 14 to 16 age range I think yeah probably yeah the the comics were felt a bit more mature than that really didn't they I think yeah I mean they open with you know you've seen through a a hole in a guy's head so they're yeah. pretty they're pretty graphic. <laughs> they're pretty graphic yeah so i'm stuck with it though like i'm i'm gonna keep watching i'm interested enough but it's been a bit it's been a bit hit and miss for me but 
it's all right. It's a good show. Yeah, and I think it's gotten renewed as well. So uh, okay, that's good. Mm. I'm gonna pass mine over to Adam, uh, so I can do. I have nothing else to talk about aside from weird movies, so <laughs> I'll do okay. that next. After I ask you, Adam, what uh, what else have you been consuming recently? One thing I have managed to finish is The Witcher. Ooh. Again, only fairly recently, so I'm a bit behind the curve compared to many people, but uh, I did finally get there. This is the the Netflix, isn't it? Netflix adaptation of the books, not the game so much mm. yeah the game's more of a sequel to the book series so they might yeah. get there at some point yeah i was really impressed with it it's clearly going for that game of thronesy sort of thing <laughs> although it's on a much smaller scale in many ways it's got far fewer characters oh yeah who are at least are regular thank god <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah that's when i hadn't realized when i was first watching it how much they skip around in time because the character doesn't really age much. Mm. It's quite hard to tell when time skips occur. You, you might be able to tell from the costume changes, but they're all pretty dark and monotone. In, in So it's hard to tell them apart in many ways. But yeah, I was really impressed with it. They definitely throw the money at it. And I really like you know, Henry Cavill's upper lip. No, uh, he's, <laughs> he's acting in it. Um, I saw somebody somewhere say that they were glad he finally learnt how to act. I thought it was really harsh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen him in much. And if you've only seen him as Superman, then yeah, he didn't get much to do in that. But he is a proper actor and he has done a lot of stuff before oh, yeah. this. And yeah. I thought he's really good. He does so much with so little. Mm. Geralt is a very monosyllabic sort of character, really. It's all about different types of growl. Mm. <laughs> well, I saw, I've seen a behind the scenes interview and he worked very hard for the different growls. I'm sure. He, <laughs> yeah. Which is a funny thing to say, but he. He really did try to work on it. Yeah, I can quite believe it, yeah. And I saw a snippet of him sitting in a leather armchair reading a bit of the book, and he read a bit where it described his growl as metallic, so he picked up on that a lot and tried oh. to make them all sound almost metallic Yeah, yeah. in a way. Yeah, I think he's, he's brilliant. Perfect casting. Mm. Oh, yeah. He got far more to do here than he did ever did with Superman. <laughs> yeah. That's because Superman's got nothing to do. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get on to a bit of that with uh, Supergirl <laughs> in, in a bit, but yeah. <laughs> so I definitely highly recommend that. If you've got Netflix, it's a no-brainer mm-hmm. to give that a watch, I think. 100%, yeah. No, it's good stuff. Highly recommend. And the the, the books as well, if you haven't read them. No. Uh, they're good stuff. The translations are a little bit messy, uh, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, they're good stories. Maybe a <laughs> reason to go learn Polish so you can read the originals. <laughs> <laughs> extreme maybe <laughs> yeah all right well i'll jump in there with the basically the last thing i've been consuming unless we include editing a podcast is something that i've consumed <laughs> yeah what time. do you rate our show reese <laughs> i rate it a no comment um <laughs> but something that i was consuming last time and this is just a continuation of it i've read a few more issues of the miss marvel comics mm. and they're oh, yeah. spectacular oh good They've really upped the tension. Minor spoiler, I guess, but I think it was inevitable, so people shouldn't be too surprised. But in the issues I've read, uh, Captain Marvel's shown up, and (gasps) Miss Marvel's had a chance to geek out over her. (laughs) Okay, I'm not very familiar. So Miss Marvel is not the same character as Captain Marvel, then, as we see in the MCU. She has taken on her previous uh, pseudonym, basically. So Miss Marvel was uh, Carol Danvers, and then became Captain Marvel. And Miss Marvel is a huge fan of all the superheroes to the point where in one of the first issues she gets a selfie with Wolverine. (laughs) 
Okay. Which is kind of funny. But she's uh, an inhuman. So uh, Terrigen Mist comes along and awakes her powers. And uh, she is kind of, it's very Peter Parker-esque in that she's quite young Mm -hmm. and wants to try and find a good moral base to start off from. But then it really evolves into its own thing because she's a Pakistani-American young woman. So she's Mm -hmm. got a lot of other stuff to deal with in her life other than being a superhero. There's some really good political commentary in there. Mm. There's um, commentary on what life is like for immigrants, but also commentary on what it's like to be with a very fundamental family when you're trying to grow up in a new world, basically, which is a bit more relaxed about certain things than traditional values that they hold. But you want to be respectful to your Mm. traditions, but you're trying to grow up with these other people. So there's a bit of drama going on there, but then there's also the superhero stuff. So it's actually much more uh, in-depth than I expected. I thought it would just kind of be the fangirl approach to it all because she is a fangirl. She literally writes fanfic about the Avengers and then basically becomes one. Writes <laughs> <laughs> right, slash fic and then she meets them. Bit awkward. Well, she probably wants to with some of them. Um, <laughs> like she's talking about Tony Stark to Captain Marvel and says, so is he as tall as he looks in the news and stuff like that. And is he, is he as muscular without the suit as he is with the suit? And Captain Marvel says, okay, now I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> so uh, great little moment. The stakes have been upped in the issue that I'm about halfway through. To the, that's why Captain Marvel's shown up. Things are getting really serious. It seems like she's recruiting some of the lesser known people, including Miss Marvel. But she also knew that uh, she, she was quite a fan, evidently, by taking her previous mm. alias. So she's the one who came to get her involved in the fight to save the day. So it's really good stuff so far. Mm. Is that a current run? Uh, Started in 2014, and I'm not sure if it's still going, but it's pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So will we move on to your new segment, Sandro? Yeah, I've got a couple uh, weird movies to talk about in this, Mm. the segment called... Weird Movies with Sandro! Whoa, I'm going to start off with the most controversial movie ever to movie. It's called The Hunt, and it was so controversial that Donald Trump called it racist for some reason. Wow, that must be bad if you get Donald Trump. And it got pulled from uh, Universal's release schedule for a couple months. Takes one to know one. (laughs) The film isn't racist, though, because it's about politics it's about the two different sides of politics oh, okay. <laughs> last time i checked your uh, political standings aren't your race so true no okay <laughs> anyway the hunt is about a bunch of people wake up in a field there's a crate in the field there's a bunch of guns in it and then a bunch of people start shooting at them and then like what are we gonna do Ooh. it stars Betty Gilpin as uh, the lead character. Uh, She's, of course, from Glow. She's fantastic in Glow. She is amazing in this. Uh, Mm -hmm. She plays a real kick-ass character. (laughs) The thing with this movie, though, is the first half hour kind of jumps from various characters to other various characters. At the start, you're kind of following Emma Roberts. Then you jump to the dude who plays... uh, Green Arrow in Smallville. It was really weird to see him again because <laughs> he looks exactly the same as he did on Smallville 10 years Does ago. He? Really? Well. Yeah, exactly the same. And then you eventually work your way to Betty Gilpin. Um, I can see why the movie is controversial. It's in the, the trailers, so I might just say what it is now, if you should, mm, don't mind. The uh, idea is that the people in the field are all left-leaning. Nope, nope. 
are all right leaning and the people shooting the team at them are all left leaning so okay. all of the people with the guns are trying to be super pc while shooting innocent people in the field which is quite funny <laughs> doesn't seem to track but okay you just said they were right wing in what way are they innocent Ooh. <laughs> exactly it's a lot of that and the thing i like about this movie is the whole point of it is, yeah, both sides are pretty bad. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a message I can get behind. It's almost like human beings are bad. Exactly. <laughs> Any extreme is bad. It's just a lot of fun. It's pretty pretty violent, as you can imagine. The whole point of this movie is the, uh, the thriller aspect is the main thing, and then there's also a lot of comedy in it. There's this one moment where... This character is approached by a bunch of refugees and he's like, they're all crisis actors. And that was really oh, funny. Oh, Jesus. Because uh, they're obviously not. So it's stuff like that. If... <laughs> Alex Jones, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that particular character is a podcaster. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> wow. It's a conspiracy podcaster. <laughs> hey, there's a... Pre- oh, wait, that's negative press. <laughs> <laughs> if you find stuff like that funny you'll enjoy this if you don't like that style of satire this is definitely not for you Mm. uh i had a lot of fun with it um also i really like the fact that damon lindelof the guy behind the leftovers on last year's watchman is one of the lead writers on this movie (laughs) i just like that he makes super serious stuff and then also the stupidest comedy thriller ever um, so I will give it one thumb up. I really enjoyed The Hunt. I'd recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Vivarium. I saw this about a year ago at the film festival, but it just got its proper release a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to talk about it now. It's a really cool sci-fi about Jesse Eisenberg and oh, Imogen Poots. Yeah, they are in the housing market mm. and they get approached by a very creepy real estate agent who's like, come to this new housing development. So they go there, but it's just miles and miles of houses and they all look the same. You want to see some houses, kids? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a maze of identical houses and it looks really creepy. And then, then they get into a house and then suddenly a weird kid shows up and they've got to raise the kid. Uh-oh. It's hmm? What? <laughs> it, it, it comes it, with a house. She's got a... <laughs> This house comes with solar panels, a walk-in wardrobe, and this child. Yeah, and, yeah. and this creepy kid who's got <laughs> one of the weirdest voices. They've added so many effects to the kid's voice. I saw it in a cinema, as I mentioned. I saw it during the film festival last year. Mm. And the way that his voice resonated through the cinema was... It really got under your skin. This mm. isn't a scary or creepy movie, but... The kid's voice is really weird. It, it's yeah. a low frequency um, to unnerve you, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty so- solid, I want to say psychological sci-fi thriller. There's a lot of moments where it's like characters kind of losing their mind a little bit because uh, they're stuck in suburbia and it's awful. Uh <laughs> Stuff like that. It's really fun. I really enjoyed it. I saw it Hmm. with a a friend who wasn't a massive fan of it, though, so I think a lot of people are going to fall on either side of the fence. But it's a sci-fi thriller about real estate agents. So (laughs) I was so bored. Don't get to say it that way often. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The director was there when I saw it as well. Oh, wow. Morgan Finnegan, and he gave a nice talk about why it's called Vivarium. There's a bunch of random shots to uh, certain 
insects throughout the movie that feel quite disconnected, but he explained uh, what they were there for, which was really nice. I don't know if they're still in the theatrical version of the film. I guess maybe not. It seems a little shorter than how I remembered it. Mm. But yeah, it's really enjoyable. Vivarium. I'd recommend checking that out if you want to check out a weird sci-fi. And uh, finally, the last weird movie I saw, uh, I say saw, I saw half of it and gave up. (laughs) Come to Daddy. Okay. It's an Elijah Wood vehicle. Is this an online streaming movie? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's an Elijah Wood vehicle directed by this guy called Ant Timpson. It's about Elijah Wood. He goes to his dad's house. His dad, who he hasn't been in contact with for ages, but his dad is really creepy. And uh, that's the film. He's a real estate agent. (laughs) There's a bunch of twists that I don't really want to get into because the twists... (laughs) The thing with this movie is every, like, half hour, it introduced a really interesting element. And then as soon as it introduced it, the film just lost all interest. I just didn't care. I don't know why. Elijah Wood's pretty funny in it. Like, it's more of a comedy... I don't really want to use that word, like, horror, because... There's a moment where you think it might take a supernatural turn, but it definitely doesn't. Mm. It's just a weird... I don't know how to... It's bad. I feel like it's really bad. (laughs) But it fits in with the category, so that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very weird, bad movie about Elijah Wood going to visit his creepy dad. And the film's called Come to Daddy for some reason. Everything (laughs) about it, aside from Elijah Wood being in it... Sounds like an awful film, but with him in it, I was like, I'll check it out. An Elijah Wood film called Come to Daddy. What could go wrong? Everything. (laughs) There was one really funny moment, though, where this cop comes over and he's talking to Elijah Wood about, like, how he's got really peaceful-looking eyes. And it was just a really funny scene (laughs) where this cop is like, your eyes are really peaceful, man. And Elijah Wood's going, thanks. (laughs) You're really stoned, man. (laughs) So that scene was really good good uh the rest of the film bad one thumb down for, oh, for oh wow come okay. to daddy uh yeah that's all the weird movies i managed to catch this week <laughs> oh have we explained the rating system to adam uh i don't think we have no what's well, got one thumb up one thumb down is there a we've got two thumbs up two thumbs down and in the middle there's a schmeh <laughs> ah yeah yeah <laughs> although we were talking earlier and we might change that to <laughs> it's a show <laughs> it, it's a show it's a film yeah. It was there. Yeah. Same sort of thing, same tone. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sandro, is that the end of this week's instalment of Weird Movies with Sandro? <laughs> there you go. Yep, that's the end of it. Uh, thanks nice. for listening. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Will we um, incorporate an actual theme tune, or do we just like the reverb on that? I like the reverb. It's cool. Yeah, cool. It's our version of the Daily Mail. Oh, yeah. That's rages, isn't we? <laughs> Reference to, yeah, Staggering Stories. Check it out. Yeah. Link in the description. <laughs> Adam and Jess, how are you watching these films? Just uh, at home? Uh, no, I'm going out to the Sunbury Theatre, which is still running. Um, oh, really? Is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's very much not. Although it wouldn't surprise me if it was. <laughs> I know Sunbury's daring and a bit dangerous. But yeah. I mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm watching them all, them all at home. Uh, I think Come to Daddy was on some streaming service. Uh, the Hunt is one of those ones that you have to pay kind of yeah. full price to see. Wow. Like it's more on demand. Oh yeah, could I could I request that you find another title with the word hunt or hunters in it? Because 
That's two in a row now in these weird movies for Sandro oh, it is. segments. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Sure. That's my that's my challenge. <laughs> Increasingly difficult as uh, weeks and months go by, but yeah. Yeah. yes, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, have you got anything else that you've been consuming recently, Adam? Let's briefly talk about Red Dwarf, mm-hmm. then the Promised Land. Ooh, I've, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm keen. As far as I'm aware, this has only been out in the UK. It's true. So anybody elsewhere in the world won't have been able to see it. Legit. Legitimately. La, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> it is a 90-minute Red Dwarf special, which was quite good. Hmm. The basic premise being that they run into the cats who left the Red Dwarf just before Lister was uh, resurrected or unstasis. So finally, this goes back to season one where we had a cat left over and uh, the tail of the ones which had left the ship. We now finally get to meet them. Hmm. And that sounds like you'd expect a lot more of Cat as a character in it. But he doesn't really have much to do with it. He's there, clearly. <laughs> but you thought he'd be integral, and he really isn't. Which was a bit odd, I thought. But it, oh, it's always good to have Red Dwarf back. I, I think, generally, it's not a good idea to stretch out TV comedy to, to a movie length, if you want to call it that. Mm. It just feels like it's too stretched out, and that definitely feels that way here. But, nonetheless, it's always great to have uh, Lister, Rimmer, mm. Cat, Crichton... And even Holly back in this one. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. I've heard that uh, this version of Rima is a different one to what who we previously saw in season, what, 13? Was that the last one? The last BBC Red Dwarf had Rima as a human again. Mm. He's resurrected along with the ship in the final season of BBC. That's series eight, maybe. But then when it came back to, to Dave some decade later or whatever, he was back to being a hologram. And it's never explained how or why. Because that's a better idea, that's why. <laughs> yeah, and Doug Naylor has since recently has clarified that the hologram is the original hologram who went off to become Ace Rimmer, mm. but has now come back uh, okay. and lost his Ace Rimmerness and is now just the original hologram. Right. What happened to the other human Rimmer, we don't know. How he became not Ace Rimmer anymore, we don't know. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's all a bit complicated. Okay. Yeah. Because I heard that... Um. Some other version of Rimmer was in this special, but that must have just been wrong. Yeah, not not quite. He does get a bit of an upgrade, which is you might see some photos of him in a in a sort of muscle suit. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. an upgraded uh, version of Rimmer. <laughs> was this special shot in front of a live audience? No, I don't think so. Okay, it felt like even that the interior shots where you would normally have an audience didn't have it. They had the laughter. But it didn't feel like the cast were giving the necessary time for the audience to laugh, mm. which is a telltale sign that the audience wasn't actually there. Mm. So that that did affect it a bit, I think, as well. But they had a lot of good gags in there, uh, interesting stuff about uh, Rimmer needing to be recharged with lights being and things like that, and uh, how they rebooted Holly with a, a massive floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A what? <laughs> <laughs> I found a backup of Holly, which is how Holly comes back. Uh, That's great. Yeah. No, it's good fun. It's good fun. It isn't the best of Red Dwarf by any means. People have been saying it should die. I really don't think it should. I think it definitely has its place. Mm. Yeah. And uh, they're all so comfortable with their characters now. It just feels so natural to, like, greeting old friends almost. A bit of fun along the way. Okay, it's not at its height, but yeah, it's still a good time. Yeah. Whenever there's a new series, you know, it's always... Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, even if the episodes themselves aren't great, like uh, you know, there's always at least one good laugh every five minutes, you know, which is all you want. 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I just love the cast. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. They're all great and they all seem to be having a good time. Good. I know they had some problems because Robert Llewellyn was quite badly ill and they had to stop filming oh. for a few mm. weeks for him to recover. There are a couple of bits where you can, maybe because I knew, I could sense it. Mm. There's one bit where he almost lost his accent. Oh, really? Again, maybe that's because I know Robert Llewellyn quite well. He mm. does sound very different. I keep forgetting and then I see, you know, a Periscope video from him or something like that. Yeah. Go, oh, right, that's that's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the one I've met most in real life too mm. because of all this electric vehicle stuff that I go to a lot as well. Mm. But I definitely recommend it if you can somehow find it. And I don't know if and when it's ever due to go anywhere else. I'm sure there must be deals happening. Yeah. Particularly with TV being on hold, TV production being on hold. Yeah. You would have thought people would be crying out for something to fill the airwaves with. I think it should end up on a streaming service here called Stan because that's where the rest of them are. So. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Your equivalent of Dave. Yeah. I think ABC used to get the rights to it. Yeah, I think they show them and then they're stored on Stan as opposed to, you know, ABC iView. Yeah, so whenever <sighs> they decide to put it on, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Which could definitely worth catching. Mm. I'm keen to watch it. It's just, you know, not anywhere at the moment. Mm. What would you rate that out of our complicated rating system? <laughs> Ooh, it doesn't It feel like it's more than the... A kind of middling shmee or whatever it was, um, but not quite a thumb up, maybe half a thumb up, a crooked thumb. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What did we have? Um... We were doing last week, we talked about Jumanji. Mm. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and because Sandro talked about Jumanji, I said, so when you say a strong thumb up, is that a Dwayne The Rock Johnson thumb? <laughs> or is it someone else? And then later on, there was a Danny DeVito thumb because it was a bit weaker. Right, but... yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Probably about that. <laughs> so a weak thumb up from you? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fair enough. Yeah, awesome. So the rating system used to be basically the equivalent of five stars, but now we'll figure out ways to make it ten stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never quite brand new enough, is it? <laughs> yeah. All right, should we move on to uh, Picard? Okay. Picard. 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 <laughs> uh, you have both... Finished the series, I believe. We have indeed. Mm. I have got two episodes left, so I haven't seen the final two-parter. I was trying to, but today has been very busy, uh, and I just yeah. didn't get the hour and a half to finish it, unfortunately. But let's talk about Picard. How about we go around the table, uh, first impressions? It doesn't quite feel Star Trek to me. It's got the some of the trappings, but the tone of it, the whole feel of it, doesn't quite feel like, so not Star Trek of old, like next gen. Mm. At least to me. Hmm. That's interesting because I thought it took next gen and brought it to the modern pace and sensibility because mm. I really like next gen. I haven't seen much of Star Trek, but what I have, next gen is my favorite of the older series. Oh, yeah, me too. But for me, at least, having not seen much of any of them, I thought it, it updated it quite well. Maybe that's because it's got Picard, or they've both got Picard in them, but oh, yeah. it did feel next-gen enough because of having him in it. <laughs> but then it feels much more dramatic. The actors have a chance to not do 80s TV acting. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I love the music. It's got enough hints of new stuff, but also, mm. you know, Keith found a very obscure Romulan's cue in it <laughs> yes oh yeah and then there's some amazing stuff that uses the next gen theme which is one of the best themes ever written yeah but then also i saw a behind the scenes thing with jeff russo the composer and he heard a bit of music from inner light and used the same instrument 
and slightly the same tune and expanded it to make it the theme for the show. And I just love that sort of detail. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it wow. did. That's cool. Um, yeah, I do. I do agree with you, Adam. I feel like Discovery was a little bit more Star Trekky, maybe because it was more episodic. Mm. Perhaps mm. at least the first half of season two was. And I think I got very mixed opinions about this show. But I do agree with you, Adam. It's not necessarily missing the magic that Next Gen had. I think maybe it's mix. It's missing the ideas. Mm. It's not quite as deep. Maybe it's very kind of surface level. Maybe that's just mm. because everyone explains everything to you all the time. Could <laughs> <laughs> be. Yeah, that's true. Lots of basil expedition going on. Uh, yeah, it just feels much more dystopian than. Star Trek used to be. I like that, though. I think it was entirely unrealistic, the original interpretation in Star Trek. Lovely and empowering to work towards, but Mm. I'm glad that the Federation isn't basically a corporation version of Superman goody-two-shoes sort of thing. I (laughs) (laughs) I like that they've become kind of protective, kind of nationalistic in a weird way, the equivalent of that in deep space sort of thing. I like that... They started, it's kind of a devolution, but they evolved from just being good. (laughs) Mm. Mm. And uh, it takes people like the main characters of the original shows, I'll just say that to keep it vague (laughs) for Mm. some people, (laughs) who still hold those core values and Picard who hold those core core values to bring it back to what Starfleet should be about. Yeah, it almost feels like Picard is the original Picard, but he's slipped into the mirror universe almost. (laughs) It does a little bit, yeah. You could see uh, what everybody's. You go. Uh, yeah, everybody's a bit angry, a bit sweary. Uh, suddenly, the mm. money and commerce has come into everything, and what, what's happened? <laughs> um, we're definitely going to talk about this on the main show, but the swearing is <laughs> very. I don't hate it as much as no. I know Rob really hates it. We've had many discussions about it. I think it makes sense seeing as they're speaking mm-hmm. English and English would evolve and, lay, and you, you know, words like that would stay. Oh, yeah. However, if they were to start swearing in Star Wars, that doesn't make any sense because it's a different language. So I don't mind it so much in Star Trek, uh, but it's still quite jarring when you got, like, Starfleet commanders being like, just effing shut up <laughs> like, yeah. in the middle of quite serious scenes. Yeah, I hated her. I hated her so much. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel natural when they swear. It feels like no. they just put it in for effect. It worked so much better in uh, Discovery when Tilly was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. 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 that was in character. That was, And then she goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> and that was a prequel too, so. <laughs> they got senses into Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> it does make for a more interesting layered world, though, this more dystopian view of it. I think so. The fact that you can't trust Starfleet necessarily and mm. people are out for themselves, not the greater good all the time. Mm. And it does make for a more interesting world. It just doesn't quite Star Trek somehow. And I'll try and be vague with this, but you can tell what drew Patrick Stewart into actually doing the show because originally he said, no, I don't want to do it. Oh. And then they really rewrote it and proposed it to him again. And the themes of ageing and something that comes to a head at the end of the season, Ooh. I'm sure is what drew him to come back to the show. Maybe. I will say this, though. It feels like he's in a different show. Yeah. To everyone else. Yeah. There are times with the crew, and I really liked the crew. I thought the show was kind of, eh, 
borderline, I did like it until the crew came along. I really, really thought, like, when they, they got introduced, I, I got quite invested from that point onwards. And I think nothing against Patrick Stewart's performance. I think it's great. I just think he's written like he's in a different show to everyone else for a lot of the time. Yeah. Even down to the way it's edited, like, there are moments where he's responding to someone else yet it feels like they're two completely different takes just mashed together that <laughs> don't work at all. Like, someone's like, and that's why I do this, and then he sounded like, what are you saying? And it's pretty <laughs> weird. Like, so like that, it, it doesn't quite work. Well, when you have a voice like that, you can't help it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't know. I get the show is called Star Trek Picard, but he also doesn't feel like the main character a lot of the time. Just stuff like that, I... I don't know why this show needed to exist. Because it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a theory about that because it's not his show. It's about him. And the fact that he stepped away from Starfleet for a bit shook things up within the, at least the original system of Starfleet. Some people evolved with Starfleet and became a bit more selfish with the way things were set up and I think it, it's kind of about him as opposed to it being his show and it's more than just focusing on him as much as I do like that it focused on him a lot mm. <laughs> if that makes sense yeah oh yeah his actions are massively influential over the entire series yeah, yeah. mostly his actions before the series started oddly yeah in a, in a bizarre way but yeah that was a great scene in episode one mm. just the clutching the arm of the chair and not wanting to talk about it but being pressed by the journalist to yeah. talk about the events at Mars. As I said before, it felt very much like Babylon 5 to me. I need to see more of that. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they've kind of tied it in with not only the ending of Nemesis, but also the start of Star Trek 2009 as well. Like, that's kind of like where the Mars thing takes place as well. Yeah. But it doesn't quite tie in with the comics, which are the prequel to the 2009 Star Trek, because Data was alive there. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Ah, well, co- the comics, as we've learnt from um, all the various Marvel prequel comics, they don't matter. Yeah, clearly not. <laughs> that been swept under the carpet. And as we've learnt from Star Wars, you could take, you know, 20 years of novels and just go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like the fact that Data is such an integral part of this series too, even though mm. he's dead by this point. Yeah. <laughs> but his influence is everywhere, and Brent Spider's back every other week anyway um for whatever mm-hmm. reason uh, flashbacks or dreams or different characters mm. yeah on that note i will just say i think i'll keep it vague for sandra's sake but i think the reason why they included that element in the final episode was so that they could have him back but not have to worry about the makeup situation and him saying well yeah. i look older than the robot i was meant to be playing <laughs> yeah it's a way of ah. keeping keeping the actor around but explain the fact it isn't the same character yeah Oh, I think I know what happens, and I'm, quite frankly, I don't mind. That's actually kind of cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've yeah. had flashbacks already, and he's got, like Crichton, he's got extra hardware, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The flashbacks are never quite perfect, but these memories are never perfect. Mm. It's interesting that both this and Discovery are obsessed with AI. <laughs> they Clearly, they've got a general arc they're going towards with both series. I think... um just what everyone is talking about at the moment so it makes sense of that yeah isn't that just star trek though i've always felt star trek is so focused on technology and on theories and concepts which is a great thing but it's one of the reasons why i never really invested in it very much because i preferred the drama of star wars and i actually don't like comparing them but hmm. they often get compared and for me i'm just more about 
an adventure, a journey to go on. And I often find certainly the pace of Star Trek episodes makes it feel like they're just focusing too much on technology or concepts. And I just want to get on with the action, be it actual physical fighting action or interesting character development. Star Trek tends to be about a particular conundrum. Conundrum of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And that will often be technology or something. But yeah, Mm. AI has shown up or or weird creatures, which are they alive or not? And stuff like that is Mm -hmm. a running theme. I quite liked um, the whole am I human aspect of this as well, because I feel like that was a big theme with uh, Next Gen, especially like with Data. I mean, that was like yeah. whole oh, yeah. plot as well. So, yeah, I like that they've carried that across here as well. I can't remember her name, but the lady who plays the synths is great. Oh, yeah, she uh, does a really good job. Yeah, look. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think good? she's really good when she's with Picard slash the crew. The whole point of her on the artifact, I thought it was <laughs> awful. And I don't know if it's the writing, but I just, I couldn't, I I hated it. Like, it really annoyed me. Yeah. I was, was just like, just just stop spouting exposition about your various theories. <laughs> that was all she was doing. It was like, yes, yeah. I believe in this. It's like, you're having pillow talk, but you're talking about whether this thing's conscious. <laughs> and it goes on for 10 minutes. Yeah, a bit awkward, that. <laughs> yeah the writing the writing particularly for the first three episodes really annoyed me i i almost dropped it after episode two because i was wow. so oh, annoyed really? at the writing and like there's like a scene where picard's like i never got science fiction <laughs> turns <laughs> to the camera winks i'm like no stop it <laughs> you've heard all the trivia about me haven't you <laughs> <laughs> just like ah. Oh. Have you heard the stories about how the cast had to pull practical jokes on him to loosen him up? Because it was such a serious actor. We have to take this seriously. Or back in season one of Next Gen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's like, who was it? Um, oh, yeah. And then at some point after Tasha Yard died, he's standing there on the, the hill about to eulogize. And then he goes, the hills are alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's so good. I feel like he's yeah. just kind of like... He's basically playing himself at this point. It's great. Pretty he much. He is, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting where they go with the next season or, or two, I think it's been mm. confirmed so far. Where to take the story, where to take the character at this point. If he signed on because of he wants to play this character who's you know, vulnerable and human all that, fine. But mm. now we've got to the point where we have at the end of season one, where does it go after that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole... It doesn't seem like this show's got too much legs the fact that it's called Star Trek Picard and he's, what, 80? Well, yeah. And the character's 95, apparently. The character's <laughs> 95? I didn't even realise yeah. that. Wow, amazing. Yeah. They say that in the final episode, actually. Yeah, they do. <laughs> wow. It, it's like three seasons might be all... He can maybe. do. <laughs> yeah, all he can yeah. do. Hey, a... COVID could get him. Also, did we notice... The very obvious uh, stunt double in episode two. Oh, was it? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. Him. When he's running up the stairs, I'm just like, that is not Patrick Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was another thing that made me hate episode two. <laughs> oh, wow. Although her stunts were really cool. Mm, mm. I like her. Yeah. And I loved Jerry Ryan, who looks smoking hot in this. <laughs> <laughs> but also I like the, the concept of those bounty hunter type people that she has become. That yeah. sounded really cool. Yeah. Honestly, I'd watch a spin off this. It's just her. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's seven or nine, I mean. Yeah, where do they go? They've got a crew. Where do they go next season? I don't know. Be interesting to see. I don't know. 
Oh, and was I the only one who thought Australian kid was a bit awkward? <laughs> I was going to bring him up. That, yeah, what? <laughs> Maybe it's just I'm not used to hearing an Australian accent among American and yeah. very British. Very <laughs> mm. <laughs> <They> French British. <laughs> oh, yeah, can we talk about the um about the pilot? He's phenomenal. He is really good, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was in season one or probably more of uh, Heroes, isn't he? He was the artist guy mm. from Heroes way back. Oh, of course he was. Yeah, yeah, of course he was. That's right. Oh, he's Lancelot and Merlin. Oh, is he? Yeah, I've seen him in heaps of things. Awesome. He's in loads of things, yeah, yeah. He was excellent. The holograms were great. Yeah, mm. the Scottish hologram. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the engineer, of Ah, course. then I can. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. And then the bit where the, the English one, the doctor says... Even if we did Ken, and then the, the Scottish was <laughs> just like, ha yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, and there's a point funny. like where Rafi's like, this isn't even English. What are you saying? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also, I, I quite like um, Doctor, what's her name? Alison Pill's character. Oh, yeah. Um, Agnes something. I keep thinking of Agnes Nutter, but that's a completely different show. Agnes Girati. Agnes, yeah, that's her, yeah. Um, she's by far the most normal and human of the characters. Oh, well, is she? (laughs) The others feel like they're all superheroes in the Star Trek mould. Yeah, yeah. Where she feels like a normal person. Yeah. I hope I wouldn't call but belatedly let somebody die like that, though. (laughs) Yeah, there is a whole question of does she get her comeuppance? Does she pay for that that murder? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to spoil the final two parts, but um, that, that is certainly open towards the end yeah i i don't know where her yeah i'm interested to see where her character goes because i'm i was thinking that same thing and like where where is this going she's literally killed someone yeah everyone on the ship kind of dislikes her now Mm. are they gonna redeem this what's going on kind of being the operative word i'll just say that (laughs) yeah okay i also want to say the final episode i got a sinking feeling when i saw some of the makeup in it and I just thought, oh, this has been a really well-made show up until now, but that looks kind of tacky. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yes. <laughs> but it worked in the end. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, it's a weird show. I think the writing <laughs> the writing could definitely be better, especially yeah. mm. when it comes to exposition. I mean, as I mentioned, episode two is entirely exposition. It's kind of like the Timeless Children. It's kind of like the episode of Doctor Who, the Timeless Children, <laughs> except somehow it's got even less plot. Uh, which is amazing. <laughs> it had a lot of plot. It did have a lot of plot, except the... There's a lot of stuff going on, yeah. It was just weird choices, mate, that's all. Uh, the plot <laughs> of episode two is, um, yes, Picard, I'm now going to tell you about this whole pact of Romulans. Hey, flashbacks, here we go. This is the whole story about these people, and da, 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 and that is the story. What do you think? Oh, well, I don't like it, quite frankly. Cut to <laughs> the artifact. Ah, yes, I'm going to tell you all about this theory I'm working on. Like, that's the whole episode. And I'm going to very quickly fall in love with you, too. <laughs> yeah, that was... It was just an excuse to have a bunch of sex scenes, wasn't it? Because <laughs> it's an adult show now. Star Trek well, is yeah. now for adults. Because <laughs> they can swear. Between this and Discovery. As it should be. <laughs> it works better at that point, I've got to say. <laughs> Sorry, Trekkies. I know you're all purists, but it's better now. (laughs) But, like, once the crew got together, I got really into it. So, Mm. yeah, I'm kind of on the fence because I 
the writing in general is kind of messy in my opinion, but it's still really fun. Maybe that's just because I like Picard and Patrick Stewart and I'm yeah. a big Star Trek fan. So maybe the, that's it. If this was a show about another old man in space going about <laughs> this thing, maybe I wouldn't watch it without the Star Trek brand. But it has the Star Trek brand, so I'm watching it. Was it Keith or one of the Keiths said, if this was Cisco or any of the other yeah. captains, if it was Janeway, I probably wouldn't have tuned in. God, imagine Janeway. <laughs> oh, I'd watch it if it's Janeway, though. If she's not in season two, I'm I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> Well, yeah, the rumours of uh, Geordie maybe being in season two and obviously uh, Guinan somehow. Yeah, we'll see. Can Will Wheaton come back? I want him to. He hasn't, not to want to spoil the time too, but he hasn't turned up there in season one. But it would be good. It would yeah. be interesting to see where his character's got to because mm. he went off for the Traveller, then came back for the wedding, didn't he, in one of the films? <laughs> yeah, he's in Nemesis. He he doesn't say anything. No. You think it did originally have, a, he have some lines, but they got cut. Um, uh, okay. I hope they don't make him shave and just come up with a ridiculous explanation why he looks so shaggy. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to look like Riker. That went too far. Yeah, Mm. but it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a while to realise that was Riker as well because of the beard. I went, is that Riker? (laughs) Last time I saw them, they were married, so I guess they still are. He's older than I expected, and he's actually kind of holding up well. Mm. Yeah, he must be, is that his 60s maybe? Yeah, 67, isn't it, I think? Is he really as old as that? Well, okay. Yeah. I suppose next gen was 30, maybe 40 years ago, Mm. 35 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, overall, I really liked it. I've had a kind of very passing interest in Star Trek for my whole science fiction, for want of a better word, career. (laughs) (laughs) It's always been there. I've seen all the movies, as far as I'm aware. I've tried to keep track of the shows, and it's a lot easier now that a lot of them are on streaming services. Mm. Uh, but having the time to watch such a rich, deep world yeah. with such a following. And it's kind of something that um, has been talked about on the main show in this feed when you did your Harry Potter show. But oh yeah, things like Harry Potter and Star Wars and Star Trek, which has got so much more than just, mm. you know, what you're consuming. Although in Star Trek's case, there's a lot to consume anyway. Yeah, It's kind of hard to get into because everyone has such an obsessive knowledge over it. Um, and I've kind of felt that way about it, even though I've enjoyed what I've seen to an extent. Some of it is a bit cheesy, although if you're looking back at the original series, it was the 60s and yeah. there was a lot of groundbreaking stuff in there as well that you need to contextualize. Yeah. But Discovery and Picard, because they're faster paced, because they've got a lot more of a budget to it, mm. kind of reinvigorated my interest in Star Trek and I'm going to try and okay. check out even more of it. So I appreciate it for that, even though I could definitely – see a lot of quite a few characters have a few interactions where they kind of either love each other really quickly or hate each other really quickly (laughs) and the writing is a little bit all over the place in this but i still really appreciated it and i got goosebumps in the final episode but i won't say too much okay (laughs) i I was less than impressed with what they did in the final episode but maybe we'll talk about some other day (laughs) yeah interesting actually it kind of felt in a weird way like a uh, role-playing game yeah. and you rolled the dice to avoid too much bloodshed i'll yeah. just say that much <laughs> yeah if that makes sense like we want a major event but we can't actually do that so we've got to <laughs> exactly <laughs> no, okay yeah. yeah there is a lot of lead up to something big happening so 
<laughs> yeah, don't get hopes up, obviously, but <laughs> other opinions <laughs> may, may be out there. <laughs> yeah, I had a rough journey with it, but I'm glad that I didn't <laughs> drop it, mainly because of this show. We were like, let's talk about Picard, and I was like, all right, I'll go back to it. <laughs> and I, yeah, I do, I do quite like it. I, I, I think yeah. it's, it's easy to like hate on new Star Trek. It is easy yeah. to because yes, yeah. the writing's is changed. It? Yes, the the <laughs> style of the show is different. But you know, I like it. It's Star Trek. I like the cast, the vibe. I think it's just a lot of fun. And it's not a patch on the old show, but the old show is there. You can go watch it. Absolutely. There's also this. <laughs> there are two shows. <laughs> <laughs> there shows. Yeah, I'm looking forward to season two. I think season two might be a step up. I think they might have slightly struggled with the first season to find their tone and what they're trying to say. But I think now they've got things established, I think season two could be quite good. I wonder how quickly they'll change the name from Picard to <laughs> something else so that you can have, you know, Jerry Ryan maybe take more of a lead because she could be mm. her and uh, the, again, I'm just going to call him Australian kid. Uh, <laughs> he can, they could be like the action heroes of it. Although the captain's pretty, the pilot is pretty, you know, yeah, action based as well, but yeah. you know you can divvy it up between the crew a bit more, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I didn't like the writing, but I also wouldn't want to be a writer on this show because it's a yeah. big deal. <laughs> it's a daunting project to work on, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, they they got it right for for a lot of it. So good on them. Yeah, uh, and yeah, just seeing Jerry Ryan again is cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that could be the tagline for it. Star Trek Picard, they got it right for a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I haven't finished it, so I probably won't rate it, but I'm interested to see what you two rate. I'd go for the middle of the range, just not a thumb up, not a thumb down. Was it a shmee? Shmee. Shmee. Go for a (laughs) shmee. But with potential for at least a one thumb up next time, I think. Oh, yeah. Now Mm. the groundwork has been laid. Yeah, it looks like the uh, writer of the... Oh, no, the second episode is doing the first one. Okay, never mind. But he also <laughs> wrote the third one and fourth one, which I really enjoyed. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost track of which episode they were because they were, I watched the whole thing in a matter of two evenings. So I watched wow. the first five in one night and then oh, wow. the second five in the next. And that worked for me, actually. So maybe that's yeah. your problem. You kind of were watching it week by week. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first three week by week and then gave up. Oh, no, I watched the first <laughs> two week by week, then gave yeah. up. And then came back to it and then was like, eh, maybe I'll go back to it later. And then like put it on the shelf and then came back to it properly mm. for the show. <laughs> so I think that sort of messed me up a little bit. Probably. Maybe it's by the wish would have benefited from being released at once. Mm. The Mandalorian, absolutely, when they first released it, that weekly release schedule was brilliant. Mm. But I don't think Picard benefited from that particularly. Mandalorian certainly did. I will say that Picard Mandalorian's didn't. a far better show, as much as I enjoyed Picard. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think with, like, a weekly show, you've got to have that conversation around it. And yeah. Picard didn't really... Like, people were talking about the pilot. Like, people... A lot of people were talking about the first episode when yeah. it came out. But, like, week to week, there wasn't that, that discussion that you get for Mandalorian, that you get for Doctor Who, even, like, Game of yeah. Thrones last year. There was a lot of week-by-week discussion about yeah. that as well. I think the problem is this is on CBS All Access, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazon in Australia, though, it came out weekly on, on Amazon. Yeah, that's here. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking maybe because it's not on, you know, something like HBO, you get the talking around it because that's actually a big channel as it is. So, 
I'm pretty sure it was released on CBS All Access, but it was also aired as well, like the night that the episodes came out. Okay. I miss that sort of thing in a weird way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like Game of Thrones is the last show that I'm probably going to watch live for a long time. Oh, and Doctor Who, but there's huge breaks between Doctor Who. You almost forget it happens. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Adam, uh, let's move on to Titans. Adam? Adam? Hello? You there? Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe Crawley disappeared off the map. Oh, that's not good. No. Um, I wonder what the head of Pertwee's done to him. Oh, the podcast has had its own Brexit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> you can choose to leave that Okay. I think that's ah. actually the best way to move on from the fact that I'm going to break the fourth wall. Listeners, we're recording this just before Adam joins us because he hasn't seen Titans, but we've got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to spoil Titans. Yeah. And because I think Adam cares more about spoilers than I do. I don't care about being, being spoiled for Picard, but Adam does for Titans. And that's fair enough. Yeah. I like that. I respect people not wanting to be spoiled for Titans. And then that's why if you don't want to be spoiled for Titans, <laughs> jump in the episode description, jump forward a bit. And can I just say, thank God you're the one who gets those episode descriptions written because I couldn't be bothered with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It, it, it gives me an excuse to listen through the episode before publishing it. <laughs> so anyway, Titans, uh, you've seen it all now, I assume? Yeah, I've seen all uh, 14 episodes. No, 13 episodes. Yeah. Because yeah. they're both technically 12 episodes long each season. Technically. I'm going to completely ignore the premiere from my review. <laughs> well, you have talked about it, so that's all right. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a lot of thoughts, actually. I didn't think that I would going into it, but I do. I've got a lot of things to say. I will start off with some positives. I'll get the positives out of the way. Um, Starfire's arc was great. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something very different then, and I would have agreed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of her arc. It is more kind of setting up stuff that was, that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. But I thought that the performance was really good, aside from the sudden loss of something in the final episode for no reason. Um, I'm too occupied with the loss of something else to do the whole show to remember what that is. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, um, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really liked Starfire's whole story arc. It's a story that I was kind of hoping they'd do. It's like a comic book story that they never really touch on in the mm-hmm. Titans animated stuff whenever she appears. So yeah, I really like Starfire's arc. Mm-hmm. I really like Dick's arc. I thought it was good. I think the reason why people are mad at him doesn't quite make sense. I think the show is making what he did more of a big deal than it would be if this was a real thing. Yeah. Because people are understanding <laughs> and not written by a group of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, the team is strong in one episode and then one sentence is said in just the wrong way for the team to be happy and suddenly they're pissed off at him. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like a sitcom. Like, in that way. In a way, yeah. Yeah, I really liked his whole story arc. The various locations he visits I thought was really interesting. He's got a really good arc in this. Every now and then, though, his arc's a little bit annoying, which leads me to a note that just says, Bruce Wayne is dot, 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 weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I I loved it, though. I could see why you thought it was weird, but I thought it was really... I guess because I can't take secondhand embarrassment from a TV show, but when Bruce would be saying little jibes at Robin and then suddenly he'd snap and he'd say something and then everyone else was like, what? Who are you talking to? I 
I get so uncomfortable with those sorts of scenes. But when you make it Batman and one of the Robins, it's fascinating to me, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I liked the idea of it, but just the fact that in Robin's head, Bruce Wayne is just cracking jokes. We just didn't really. (laughs) Yeah, no, I could see that. But for me, it was more that they were at his expense, which is what was the issue for him. Mm. Because it was making him, it was home truths as well. Like, oh, you nearly got someone killed. How reckless of you sort of thing. Yeah. Do you want to get chow mein and some body bags? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, like there's there's some really good quotes. And I think Ian Glenn's performance is very, very fun. Despite the accent. And I say that with love, Ian. If you ever listen to this, I adore you. You're an amazing actor, but. Oh, he's incredible. I think maybe a bit more time with the coach would have been helpful. <laughs> I would need a yeah. lot of time with an American accent coach too, so just putting That's that out That's the there. hardest one. It's the hardest one. Yeah. Is it? Probably. Uh, well, no, everyone's exposed to it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I really liked the scenes where he was himself, where he was playing the actual character, but whenever he was playing the character inside of Dick's head, I just found it kind of cringy. You want to know where I think they got the inspiration from? How they used the Joker in The Dark Knight. I mean, not the Dark Knight, the um, Arkham Knight. Oh, yeah, I see that. Because he's like the poison um, fear toxin version of the Joker as opposed to the Joker. So he's outrageous, but no one else can hear him. Nobody else is experiencing that, but Dick Grayson is. So I bet that's where they got the inspiration from. Mm, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Let's talk about Hawk and Dove. Hawk's great. (laughs) Dove? I really like her. I do too. I'm a massive fan of her mm. as an actress and as a character. Mm. However, she doesn't emote at all during this whole season. There's this point where she's angry, but the only reason you know she's angry is because she slams a door at the end of the scene. <laughs> like her face do- doesn't show that she's angry. Yeah, I-, I guess I guess I could see that. It's not as bad as season four of Arrow where... Towards the end of it, I just lost it with the show and I said, what the hell was that? Because I had (laughs) David Ramsey, who's an amazing actor playing John Diggle. And he had a very dramatic storyline that season. Mm. And he was was having a confrontation with Oliver where he was losing it. He was just really angry and portraying that. But then suddenly he has to stop, take a deep breath and go, oh, I'm so angry. (laughs) Yes, we know. You've got a great actor on your hands. He's showing us. Oh dear, yeah, yeah. So it's that sort of thing. I could definitely see that. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. But yeah, I Derek, fantastic as always. Yep. I liked where it seemed like they were going with Jason and then they kind of dropped it. And I think out of all of the performers, him and Rose just aren't... Maybe it's the writing? I don't know. I didn't like them. I think it's the writing. I think they've got a lot of potential to grow as characters and then the performances i think uh, the performers i think they'll be very capable of portraying that growth but i think they tried to leap forward with their growth and then they pulled it back a little bit yeah because it wasn't about rose it was about death stroke it felt like the story couldn't decide which story to tell so to speak mm. yeah but but i really liked what they did with jason uh and his ptsd oh, yeah that particular episode where he's just like walking around and you can see it playing through his eyes that mm-hmm. was brilliant like that was really really well done yeah so i hope that uh they continue with that storyline in the next season you mentioned deathstroke brilliant oh yeah so good <laughs> great interpretation yeah 
one of my fave I like Manu Bennett, but that version of Deathstroke is very much Arrow's Deathstroke. This oh, is the Deathstroke I know from the comics, and it's <laughs> perfectly done. Yeah. It's really good. Uh Superboy, also excellent. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know which episode it was. I think it might have been the pilot episode, but I finally cared about a member of the Super family. I mean, <laughs> I care about Supergirl, but that's because Melissa Benoist is a gift from the heavens. Um <laughs> but they finally wrote a version of basically it's their version of Superman. They're getting to do Superman without Superman. And he was interesting and he was fun. Yeah. And actually there was this great bit where in his second episode, he's talking with the doctor that was involved in creating him. And he goes into a very in-depth discussion of what was it like single cell anatomy or something like that. And he describes a very scientific thing and demonstrates that he's got excessive knowledge and stuff like that. But later on, a very subtle joke was that he was asked, do you know what the word consequences means? And he says no, mm. which implies that both of his fathers have no idea what consequences are. <laughs> yeah. I actually burst out laughing at that, which is a great, I don't know if they're meant to play it for laughs, but it was, if you thought about it, that means he's got this scientific knowledge, but consequences, meh, what are they? <laughs> Superman and Lex Luthor don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Th- that was, that was very good. Yeah. I like, um, like he looks and walks and the way he talks is just Tom Welling. He looks exactly <laughs> like Tom Welling. It's great. It's yeah. really good. And it's also very childlike too, which is great because mm, he is yeah. basically a child. Yeah. I think the writing every now and then lets him down as I think it does for everyone in this season. Unfortunately, the writing's mm. a little bit chop- choppy depending on the episode, but for the most part, he's excellent. Beast Boy as well. I was surprised by how yeah. much I liked Beast Boy in this season. He's really good. Well, I was surprised how much you didn't like him in the first season. <laughs> I just thought he was kind of... It's a weird character. <laughs> He's a weird character. This other thing with him as well was like, you have Beast Boy and Raven on the same lineup. You're going to try and do a romance between them. However, yeah. the actor's 25 and the actor for Raven's 16. Yeah. So they're not going to do that and I'm glad they won't. And in a very weird way, because you're... I know it's going into that Michael Caine movie territory, but... Check it out. Episode 69, out now. <laughs> Oldie <laughs> what but a podcast goodie. is that? There we go. Oldie but a goodie. <laughs> it was a mistake. I finished editing it today and I went, why did we do this? <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, personally, for me, the most natural romance for, them, for her would be Dick Grayson. Just the way they've played it, just oh. the way they've executed their characters in this series so far. I just think, ultimately, they'd have a lot more of a connection... Mm. But I don't know why I'm pairing the two Australians off with each other, but there we go. Um, and also the 16-year-old with the, is he 30? <laughs> yeah. Did you know he's a yeah. father of twins? What? Yeah. Is he? He's a no dad. Way. He is. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so young. He does. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, a, well. I'm a father and I feel like I look so young. But um, <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to another character who I thought was great? Um, I really liked Donna Troy. <laughs> Oh, yes. She's excellent. Really well played. Her dynamic with Dick was lovely because she was so disappointed in him but really does care for him. Yeah. And they kind of put that in the dialogue a little bit explicitly and kind of in that same way as, oh, I'm so angry (laughs) and made it obvious. But also the way they played it was just lovely. The one thing I don't like about the whole season. Oh, okay. Spoilers, major spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. (laughs) What the fuck was that <laughs> so spoilers yeah uh at the very end they've defeated the villain 
and then a giant electrical tower is falling. So she goes and grabs it and dies. Mm-hmm. And Superboy is standing right there. Now, I yelled the same thing at my TV. I was like, hang on, but Connor is literally yes. right there. <laughs> Who wants to prove himself as a hero worthy of these heroes. I think I think maybe the actress just got a better deal and Probably. she wanted off the show. Yeah. So at the last minute they were like, yeah, we'll kill you off. Yeah. It was so badly done. I don't mind the idea of killing her off, but have the villain kill her, not just afterwards Mm. when Connor could have helped out or Mm. whatever. (laughs) Anything could have happened. Yeah, that was so... And I had this thing with the whole season, which I remember you talking about in our end of year list episode for movies, Mm. where I was writing the... Like, I was writing the show in my head the whole way through. (laughs) Nothing really surprised me. Oh, fair enough. But that really did just because because it was poorly done and no one would have thought to do that exactly it was like what is what are you doing (laughs) oh it was so disappointing because i i kind of kind of fell in love with her a little bit with her tragic story of losing aqualad who was also really awesome i really liked him but then it's just kind of like they threw it out the window and they just got rid of her with no ceremony no if that makes sense, the writers did. Obviously, they had a funeral afterwards, the characters, but it's just like, mm. we want to kill her as well, but we've defeated the enemy already. What do we do? Oh, let's squash her and electrocute her. <laughs> it was just... Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's got to be, like, the actress demanded it last minute or something. It yeah. has to be. There's no way that was planned from the beginning. No, not at all. Because then they would have made it heroic. Mm. It would have been... I would have written it as something like Connor was in a lot of trouble. She's probably the next strongest one of them all. So she jumps in there to try and save him. She He sees her sacrifice and gets revenge for the fact that she died or something like that. Yeah. That would have been a lot more dramatic, but it, this was just <laughs> lazy in a way, which is yeah. such a shame because I personally loved basically the whole of the rest of the show. It's really good. Okay. Yeah, I liked the um, I liked the content. I liked a lot of the content. It's just mm. yeah, I was just writing it in my head. Like <laughs> as soon as spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. As soon as like Robin is falling off the building, and then it cuts to the next episode <laughs> and it's introducing Superboy. Yes. I went, ah, oh, well now I know yes. what's going to happen. Well, uh, who was it? Uh, there's a great reaction channel. I'm just going to plug them because they're so good. Um, Blind Wave. Mm-hmm. They were watching it, and one of them says, oh, no, Robin's falling, but that's okay. I want Super Lad. I don't care how cliche it'll be, but I want Super Lad. And then the <laughs> next episode. Yeah. <laughs> or Superboy or whatever his name is. <laughs> it's just stuff like um, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like Jericho's spoilers return. <laughs> like, as soon as he died, I went, yeah, but he can do that thing. <laughs> You know, we didn't see it happen, but it can do that thing. <laughs> yeah, he can yeah. do that thing, and like that's I like very much that, the thing with comics as well. Is mm. a lot of the time, it's pretty easy to tell what's coming up, and for that reason, I like that this is like this feels like a comic book. But also, it annoyed me that I was predicting everything before it happened. Completely fair enough, but it's like Ball in Stargate. <laughs> Oh yeah! As soon as they invented cloning machines, they're like, they're never going to kill him. They're never going <laughs> to actually kill the the last one of them. Obviously, they're clones, and you can argue it's not the same one, but they're never going to mm. kill him. Spoilers, by the way, for like eight seasons of Stargate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might cut that, but that was just something I wanted to share with you. 
<laughs> show is like 20 years old at this point. <laughs> the scary thing is, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. It's wild. Uh, what else have you got to say? Here's an opinion I've got, and I want to see whether or not you agree. Mm. The first season was very much a road trip. And there was, like, a new location every episode. This season is mostly set in Titan Tower, Mm -hmm. aside from the final maybe four episodes. Yeah. Uh, And I just, I found it visually uninteresting a lot of the time. Like, a lot of it is just set in one location, but then every now and then you get flashback episodes, which I really enjoyed, but then it's back to Titan Tower, back to the drama, and I found that a little bit annoying. I can see where you're coming from from the visual point of view, but I was glad that the team was finally acting like a team because <laughs> in oh, season yeah. one they were so at each other's throats. It was annoying. But I could, I think I could see what you mean, but I actually was excited to have a base, to have Torchwood, te- not Torchwood Tower, Titan's Tower. <laughs> but the reason why I said Torchwood is because it's like the first few seasons of Torchwood and I like a bit of a routine kind of thing. I like that Doctor Who has the TARDIS, the TV show that is, because obviously the character is the Doctor. Um <laughs> Uh, and Torchwood has the Torchwood base for the first few seasons. Um, what else? Well, Stargate, we mentioned Stargate has got Stargate Command. I just, I like it where there's a central feature to a show. And I like it when, for example, I'm imagining, well, actually they did do that when they infiltrated the tower, their safe space gets invaded. So it causes Mm. a bit of drama. I do kind of like that sort of thing, but I can certainly get what you mean by the, the tone and the visual side of it. It did limit the series, literally just kept it in one spot. So... I, yeah. I, it didn't bother me, but I could definitely see what you mean. Okay. And I also think a lot of it is just, like, really dark buildings, dark corridors. It's uh, true. Like, 80% of this season takes place at night. It's basically Batman versus Superman slash Justice League done right, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No offense to anyone involved in those films, but I, you summed it up when you were talking about how they tried to market it as the TV version of the... DCEU and I think that's true but it's done a lot better than the DCEU in many ways I think it is yeah I think think it is because it has storylines that go places <laughs> yeah. it's got the end it's got the setup and the punchline if you would like they they actually use Deathstroke <laughs> instead oh, yeah, of in a post-credit scene <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty much all I've got to say I guess I mean <laughs> I enjoyed a lot of it yeah. uh there was some things that annoyed me like the writing and the location mm-hmm. uh, and some of the performances but that again comes down to the writing I think particularly for Jason and Rose uh and bruce wayne's weird and i don't it's gonna take me a long time to get used to this version of bruce wayne i think look he's an orphan millionaire he's allowed to be weird mate exactly yeah yeah that's true that's true i wonder if we'll ever see him in the suit because i can't picture him in the suit but i also think it would be really interesting no i can't either but i I want to see him take the the cowl off once he's in the suit yeah i don't know why but i do yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, I just, I think I just really liked it. It reinvigorate, oh, that's not how you say that, reinvigorated <laughs> my enjoyment of DC. I really kind of sadly had been rolling my eyes at a lot of DC stuff, despite the CW shows. I, I do enjoy them, but like the movie mm. stuff, sadly, they just kept missing the mark. And I like Jason Momoa. I like the cast, but the writing, again, I was feeling that way for the big screen stuff where you're you're writing it as you're watching it. Very cliched storylines, but this, for me at least, worked a bit more than than those. I think I still prefer Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl mm. over this, just because I think just like main character likability and 
Although Supergirl's very procedural. Like, that show is <laughs> yes. very much, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and there's going to be a little tease towards this, but then we're back to this. And they should get the directors from this show to direct that one, because they use CGI so much better in this show than that show, even though they probably have the same budget. <laughs> I think this show, maybe they film uh, six months beforehand, not two weeks <laughs> before the episode goes out. Yeah, because then the poor old CGI artists are up all night. <laughs> Probably yeah. got no hair left because they pull it out. Uh, they actually did a the latest Corridor Crew video. I love watching those guys. Uh, they watched the what's it, what's his name Grod. Oh yeah, fighting King Shark, mm-hmm. and they said that was actually really good. A lot of it works. Some of it, when it doesn't work, they said is probably because of the fact they've got basically no time to do the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> and the renders didn't complete in time. Yeah. But that's a bit of a tangent anyway. <laughs> it's it's hard for, you know, old-fashioned TV shows like that, I think. <laughs> old-fashioned. <laughs> old-fashioned, quote-unquote old-fashioned TV shows. You know what I mean, like I do, that old style of, yep. of show making. Uh, let's rate it. We may as well rate it. Although Ooh. you've already rated it, haven't you? <laughs> I believe I have. It was a thumb up from memory? It was a thumb up. And I think I'll keep it at that. There are things that as with anything, could improve, except for season five of New Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm sold on the cast. I'm sold on the ensemble of characters. I think they're a great collection. Uh, there are things that even to this day are a bit try-hardy. Uh, we used that word before. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need to say the F word, <laughs> and they do. Yeah, I don't mind it here as much as I did in the first season, though, I think, because in the first one it was very much like f batman yeah we're going out on our own thing <laughs> whereas like with this one it's more i don't know like real yeah <laughs> you know because they're angry <laughs> <laughs> it makes a little bit more sense although it's still kind of grating when like raven or beast boy says it i don't know why just those characters i'm so like <laughs> it's because they're kids <laughs> yeah i'm just so used to them i mean the act is not obviously in one of their cases but <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just so used to um as Rob said in last week's episode, to no doubt they are the light, fun group from the TV shows, and in this, they're not. But this is more interesting. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what I'm going to rate it. Oh, boy. I think because there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, okay, this is going to happen, and then it happened, and I just got kind of annoyed <laughs> at everything. <laughs> I think because of that, I might go a schmear. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is like a three out of five. It's yeah. not too bad. Yeah, it's fine. But I'll keep watching the show. I'm keen for season three, especially if they they're doing what I think they're doing. Barbara Gordon, which I'm very excited for. <laughs> well, that as well. Yeah. Um, everything with Starfire. Although I was kind of hoping they go to space, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that until um, a finale, maybe. Probably. Uh, I want I want them. To, I want Lex <laughs> Luthor. I want Luthor to show up. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Michael Rosenbaum. <laughs> oh, imagine though. Yeah. I don't think he would shave his head again. No, that's true. You could say it's a hairpiece. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Just quickly, this is kind of a funny comparison, but I always felt that fin- the finale of season 11 of New Doctor Who didn't feel like a finale, mm. and we finally saw a finale with the most recent season of Doctor Who. I was glad to finally see a finale on Titans as well with the season finale of season two. <laughs> I was thinking that as well. I was like, 
watching the second last episode and going, what if this was the final episode of the season? <laughs> and it wouldn't have worked at all. So no. I'm glad that they didn't repeat what they did last year and they gave us a proper a proper finale. Yeah. Oh, it looks like Adam's joining the call again. Oh, excellent. He's back. Maybe they voted against Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's good ending. So you're technically going to disappear for a minute, Adam. Because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> We recorded a little Titan review before you arrived. Okay, um, I'll be very quiet during that bit. <laughs> you were, yeah. Well, we we made a joke about how the podcast had its own Brexit. <laughs> um, but now you've voted against it because you're back. Good. <laughs> and I guess we'll just wrap the show up now. Okay. Yeah, uh, that that seems like the show. We talked about a lot, lot of stuff. And we did. It was a fun one. Thank you, as always, for joining us, Adam. It's always good Thank to talk you. to you. Uh, you host Staggering Stories every second Sunday. Yeah, I suppose every fortnight it comes out on a Sunday generally, depending where in the world you are. I think most places it would mm. be Sunday. Usually 8 p.m. our time. Is it? Okay. <laughs> mm, about yeah. 9 or 10 a.m. here. I think, mm-hmm. is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, there will be a link in the description. Check that show out. It's always a lot of fun. Um, Ollie Bitter Goody is happening as well. Episode 69 is out right now if you want to listen to that train wreck of an episode. Not train wreck <laughs> because of the guest or because of... <laughs> Can we describe it to Adam? I want to get his reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's Michael Caine. Right. He goes on a work trip with his best friend and they bring their two daughters along with them. Hmm. And then Michael Caine proceeds to have an affair with his 18-year-old daughter. Not his 18-year-old daughter, guys. his friend's oh, okay, 18-year-old okay. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, the plot twist is she was 17 when she filmed it and had to get a, a permission from a judge to appear topless throughout the film, which is not wow. good. But yeah, if you want to have a listen to that episode, it's a thing. And we, we wow. watched it. That's all I can say. <laughs> we actually watched that movie. <laughs> it's from the director of Singing in the Rain as well, so... How bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also love the idea. Sandro described that, you know, on their 68th episode of the podcast, they read the synopsis of the movies that they could potentially review and they go, oh, that sounds hilarious. Let's go for that one for episode 69. <laughs> they watch it, find out the age of the actress, and they just go, Ooh. <laughs> why, did we, why did we do this? Oh, no. <laughs> I had to take a shower after watching it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was gross. It was really bad. But yeah, all, the, all of the links to all those other podcasts are in the description. Mm. Plus, I haven't done this yet, but could you actually, uh, people listening, go onto YouTube to youtube.com slash Reese Partner and hit subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate that. Oh, yes. The more of you that do that, the more effort I'll put into making videos, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I'd, I'd like that. Yes. If someone makes an animated version of a segment of this show, that would be pretty <laughs> I cool. I will upload well. it on there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Check all of that out. All the links in the description. Until next week when we continue to uh, nerd out about various topics, make sure that you continue to spin off. That was the most formal outro we've done, and I liked it. Well done. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs> yep. See ya. <laughs> bye. <laughs>